Hey, this is Chris. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. Today, before I sat down to record this, I've probably received at least four phone calls from random phone numbers that are just clearly going to be spam calls. I already know it's not anyone I know. I do not recognize these numbers. And it's actually gotten to the point where it's more rare for me to get a phone call from someone I actually know than it just be one of these random people calling me. That's just because we're all inundated with spam call after spam call, whether someone trying to get us to extend our car warranty that doesn't exist or someone saying the IRS is about to sue us if we do not give them a call back. So today I'm going to share with you a clip from a recent segment I did over on NBC LX with Natalie Lizarraga. We talked about the ridiculous situation going on right now with these scammers and what we can do to keep ourselves safe right now is on the rise, first of all, and, and the ways that scammers are just trying to catch us all off guard, they are getting better and better at this, that's for sure. They really are. And I think it's just so important now that we're all kind of on guard. I, I hate to tell people, like, just be be skeptical of every phone call and email you get, but you kind of have to. Not, not in a weird way, but in a just be cautious. You can't trust every call and email that, that rolls your way. Uh, one of the biggest things that we're seeing, like I mentioned, was these fake phone calls. It feels like they're getting more and more sophisticated. And one of the things that they're doing is this thing called phone spoofing. And this is where scammers can disguise their phone number using some like, I, obviously it's very technical, but some type of color ID blocker or changer that makes their number look as if it comes from maybe a number you might recognize, like from a friend or mm. from a company. Uh, sometimes they'll even use your same area code in the first few digits of your phone number just to make it look familiar, to kind of trick you into picking up. It's like, hey, this number looks like someone I might know because it's almost all identical to your phone number. Uh, and so these generic calls that they're asking you about, like your car warranty, we've all got those. Or they could be using information that they found out about you online using social media profiles. And they can create like the sense of urgency to try to pressure you into giving into the request, which is typically some type of personal information. You know, they could say like, oh, we're calling from your bank and we just want to verify that this transaction was you. Could you give us the digits on your uh, debit card in order to verify your identity? So you want to be very careful. And the, the, the best thing you can do to protect yourself in these situations is just never give out any personal information mm -hmm. on the phone, no matter how convincing it may seem. And then the other thing you do is just ignore numbers you aren't familiar with, which can be really difficult uh, because, you know, you might miss real phone calls, but you just you have to be cautious because they're very clever, very tricky. And, you know, if one thing you can do is if you accidentally pick up a phone call and they start asking you stuff and you kind of feel uneasy about it. Remember that you can always say, let me call you back because your bank or credit union, they're never going to ask you for any personal information. They're not going to pressure you. So what you can do is say, you know what, I'm going to call you back. And then if they give you a hard time, you know, they're probably not your bank. Uh, but then you can just call the number on the back of your debit card or credit card. And then that way, you know, you're getting directly to the actual bank and not talking to someone who's just trying to steal your information. Or you could just hang up. You just click. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's another option. I feel like, Chris, I've gotten calls for student loan forgiveness, for car mm. leases, for warranties. All of those calls, I feel like, have come my way at some point. Now, scammers, they're trying to take advantage of you with using emails, which we get tons and tons a day. Kind of hard to tell the difference between a real one and a fake one. Yeah, they are so clever. Like They're really good at making these emails look like they're coming from someone that you would be expecting an email from. And they'll, they'll do things like create these fake websites. So that way, if you happen to click on a link in the email they sent you, it looks very similar to your bank's website. Uh, but instead of actually taking you into your account, they're just stealing everything you're typing in or capturing your username and password. What you want to do is look at the email address it is coming from, because oftentimes it can be kind of obscure. Sometimes they'll replace the actual email address uh, in your emails with like a name. It may say, you know, I don't chase or Bank of America, but when you click on it, it'll have like a completely different, weird looking email address. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, like you may see something like, oh, this is a support email from Google. 
but when you look at the email, it, it says at Google, but Google spelled with three O's. They'll do these little slight typos in the domain of the email address to make it so that they can actually, obviously they can have it because they can't get the actual Google email address, but they'll make it close enough that if you're not paying attention, you might think, oh, this is legit. So another way that they might also try to trick you is by getting access to the email account of a friend or a coworker, because not everyone, you know, is going to be prepared for these attacks coming their way. So they may trick someone into giving them their information so that they can log into their email address. And then they'll just mass email everyone in their contact list. And so if you get an email from a friend or a coworker, that's like, Hey, you know, just checking in, but you know, how are you doing? How's your social security? Let me, let me just run a check for you real quick. <laughs> you know, obviously that is fake. Your friend's not going to ask you to do that. So if you ever get a weird email, obviously just delete it. Don't give me any personal information over email. And I recommend calling the person because if it is kind of believable, you know, they're not asking for your social security number, but they're asking for something that maybe a coworker might ask, but yeah. you're not sure delete the email and call the person just to verify uh, because you never want to respond back to the email. Say, Hey, is this really you? Because obviously if they're a scammer, they're like, yeah, you know, sorry, my email sounded weird. It was just, you know, I'm tired today. So, you know, just do whatever you can to avoid responding back to those emails because you're just kind of buying into their tricks. Now, one of the good points that you mentioned is calling the people that you think it's from. If it's someone that you might know, because a lot of these people are finding out because you called them and they have no idea yes. that they have been hacked or getting scammed. Most of the time it's someone being like, Hey, you sent me a weird DM or something. And then they find out that they have gotten hacked via someone telling them. Yeah. That, that's the best thing to do as well. Like you said, like let them know because if you've been hacked and you're not someone who's in your email constantly, you can have no idea, especially yeah. if you're not even going into like your sent mailbox. Most right. people are looking at their inbox, so they're not noticing what emails may be going mm -hmm. out of their account. So definitely, if you know something weird, let the person know because yeah. then they can try to at least change their password. some ways that we can all kind of keep things really safe and secure in our bank accounts. So what you want to do is just make things as difficult as possible for someone trying to get into your bank account. And one of the best things you can do is turn on something called two-factor authentication. And you want to do this on as many accounts as you can, but specifically your bank accounts, your financial accounts, your investment accounts, those things, you want to have that on and in place. Because basically what two-factor authentication means is that it's adding a second way of confirming your identity before you get to log in. So even if someone manages to steal your username and password, that's not enough to get into your account. They're going to need something else, another code to get them through. And so there's two my most common options you're seeing right now. Uh, one and the most secure option is something called an authenticator app. Uh, you see this from like Google and Microsoft both have one. There's several other companies that produce these as well. But basically, you download this app on your phone and it gives you a QR code. You scan that with the app and then it creates a profile in your authenticator app. So every time you log in, you put in your username and password, then you go to that app and it'll give you a typically like around a six digit code that you then have to put in. And that code is a rolling code. So it's constantly changing every you know 30 seconds to a minute. It's going to rotate and create a brand new code. And so when you put that code in, it verifies who you are. It allows you to get mm. into the account, preventing someone who's stolen your other credentials yeah. from being able to get in. Uh, the other option would be something like a text message. So they'll say, all right, you give them your phone number for your bank. And then when you log in, it'll ask you, okay, can we send you a, a code via text? You say yes. And then they'll text you a dig, um, you know, like a multi-digit code. You type that in and that verifies your identity. Not quite as safe as authenticator mm -hmm. because there are ways to get around that, but still better than not having anything. All right, so lesson here, use those tips to protect yourself and most importantly, protecting your money. Thanks, Chris. Everyone, just please be safe out there. Have a little bit of healthy skepticism whenever you get these random phone calls or emails or whatever it may be, and never be afraid to just hang up the phone and then call your bank, your credit card provider, whoever it may be, call them back directly just to be safe. Even if it's a legit call, if you just feel a little uneasy, 
it's never a bad thing to say, you know what, I'm going to call you back directly. I've never had a bank or a credit card company be like, no, 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 please don't do this. They, they know what's going on. They know you're just trying to be safe. So as always, I appreciate you joining me here for yet another bag of popcorn. Hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon. Your boy, keep it popping like Mary Poppins. <laughs>